Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. It's one of the craziest games that I've covered live. But that crazy for me. I feel like, how many times a season do we say that? Yeah, but this one, like, I know. In the red zone. I'm, I'm not disputing what you're zone. saying. I'm just like, how does this franchise keep doing that? Anyway, uh, who cares? Here they are, the Adams, Hogan Johns. What's up? Welcome in a new look Bears team, at least a little bit, as we roll into week nine. The Dolphins coming to town. Been a while since the Bears had a Sunday noon game, and uh, we are missing Adam Johns today. Kevin Fishbane is here filling in. What's up, Kev? What's up, Hogue? I think it's Sunday noon games the rest of the way, too. Yeah. Every game here on out, which is... Well, one exception. Christmas Eve is a Saturday. Correct. And I know our, our listeners love to know what the writers think, and writers love noon games i love a good noon game yeah no no complaints here getting a nice little rhythm here the rest of the season we don't have a bye week for another month a little over a month i heard coming into the show this is your 71st podcast of the week yeah i think it is i was at the truth is i was actually laying in bed last night trying to count it up and i couldn't so i don't know if that's a good thing could you have imagined if Poles made another trade at like because the Claypool trade happened around like noon, yeah, twelve thirty. Could you imagine if he, if he made another one at you know two fifty five? Well, that's why we just went live all the way to the deadline, right? Right. So that counted as like two and a half podcasts because we were on for like almost two and a half hours. But yeah, that's why we were like we're going. I think we went all the way to three twenty just to make sure another one didn't sneak in, and then I was like, I gotta go. Okay, if we get to Hallis Hall today and Luke Getze comes out and says uh, Treston Ebner is now the starting running back the rest of the season, you'd have yeah. to have another emergency podcast. No, I'm good at that point. I'm shutting it, I'm shutting it down. <laughs> That's it. This is, the, this is the last show I do until Sunday at 11 o'clock on the CHGO pregame show. Just, just being honest. All right. Like, I, I don't care who gets hurt, what happens. You know, they could fire the head coach, and I'm out. As John um, Fox would say, your hay is in the barn. Just don't flop it out there and expect to perform like that. He always said something. He always said something. Uh, what's going on, everyone? Uh, John's is out today, but we do have, I have to say, he 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 did a lot of work on this show. I mean, I have the entire... Uh, 
I mean, I feel like his brain is, is written out in a Google Doc here. So um, we still have our normal three big questions, over-unders that we're going to get to, predictions. I even have Johns' prediction on the game. And um, But before we get there, we are going to talk to Mark Cavalli from Pittsburgh. He covers the Steelers for The Athletic because, you know, we got to learn more about Chase Claypool. Johns, you were there yesterday at Hallis Hall. What, I just called you Johns. You're Kevin. So okay. that'll be it'd be the first of like three times that probably happens on the show today. I apologize. Uh, you were there though. What did you What did you learn from? Not only well, let's start with Claypool. Like what 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 struck you about Chase Claypool on his first day at House Hall? Yeah, you know, I was thinking about this last night because you know we've covered guys that come to the Bears via trade, and there's just this like glow, right? Because we can sit here and be cynical about where the Bears are at. I mean, you don't even need to be cynical. You can be realistic about where the Bears are. Um, but when you are acquired via trade, if you're Chase Claypool, you're, you see your numbers are down. You've been vocal about the offense. You don't love your new role. And here comes this team that thinks you're good enough to give up a second-round pick. And you're coming to this offense where you are immediately – if not the best, the second best receiver on the team uh, with a young quarterback who w- wants to throw it deep. And you, all, so all of that you could sense in Claypool. Like you can sense that excitement, uh, which is important context. Because again, you can sit here and be like, ah, he hasn't had a good year and the Bears aren't a very good team right now. But for him, fresh start which is a lot of the guys that Ryan Poles has brought in. Uh, so you, you you sense that. You sense the confidence. You sense the excitement. Um, and you know now we wait to see if that could all live up to it. Was it awkward at all? Because like you get this guy coming in all excited. The Bears have been pushing this stuff on social media like, like they would for like a free agent acquisition in March. Uh, and meanwhile, they also traded away their best player. Yeah. Well, I mean, the locker room... And he's uh, in his know, locker, isn't he? Didn't Chase take Roquan's yes, locker? Yes, it looks that way. I mean, if I'm, I'm some of these guys on defense, I'm, I'm, uh, I, I, just, I don't know. I, it's, it's a business, well, but you had when we went to the locker room, you had Cole Komet in his locker, talking about, you know, obviously very excited that his former teammates here. Across the locker room, you had Justin Jones, who called being named captain bittersweet you know this is not the way he wanted to be named captain then you had the other corner of the locker room you had eddie jackson who is now sat here and now you know he talked to us in the summer about watching all of his guys leave and now he sees another one in roquan leave um and and, and he kind of went deep about what the past week's been like for him so it was a a, a kind of strange dynamic of all the all these different things where and, and that's what polls created right because he kind of went from seller on Monday to buyer on Tuesday, so you have this this give and take of uh, you know bummed about Roquan leaving, but kind of excited that you have this new playmaker on the team. All right, well let's learn more about Chase Claypool. Let's bring in Mark. All right, well Mark Cabali covers the Steelers. He knows Chase Claypool well. The Bears' new wide receiver. What we're trying to figure out. Mark here in Chicago, I guess, is why the Steelers were so willing uh, to get rid of him because there's a lot of excitement about Chase Claypool here. He's a guy that I think a lot of Bears fans wanted back in the draft a couple of years ago, and, and now he is a Bear. But what what went wrong in Pittsburgh? Oh, that's a good question. I think a lot of it had to do with 
you know, the Steelers drafted George Pickens this year, and George Pickens is a star in the making, and he hasn't been able to get on the field or get enough targets right now because, you know, there's only so many balls to go around when you got Claypool, Deontay Johnson, Pat Fryermuth, Najee Harris. So that coupled with, you know, they're two and six. Um, they only had six picks in this upcoming draft. A uh, new front office, new GM, new assistant GM. And to be honest with you, they weren't going to move him unless they got a deal, you know, like they got. I mean, we're talking about what? Top 40, top 45, top 50 pick here for Chase Claypool. That's where they picked him at. They probably had no no intentions on re-signing him after next year because they just signed Deontay Johnson, $19 million over, I believe his contract runs through 2024. You got George Pickens, and they like some of the younger guys they have in the slot, like Steven Sims. So a lot of it had to do with just accruing draft capital, knowing that they weren't going to uh, re-sign him after next year, uh, combined with, uh, you know, the pick they got. So you throw that all together, and all of a sudden Chase Claypool's in Chicago. Mark, I mean, Claypool, he had a pretty good rookie year a couple yes. years ago with Roethlisberger, nine touchdowns. Um, his numbers have gone down steadily since then. Obviously, took a big drop-off um, this season for a lot of reasons. When the Bears make that move, you know they're convincing themselves they're going to get the best Claypool. Um, seeing him over these three years, does that Claypool exist? Is there and can they can they get a guy like that who can continue to ascend? Because that's certainly what they're hoping for. He has potential, but if we're talking about ascending, if you're looking over the past three years, it started here with the nine touchdown receptions. And I think he had three or four rushing touchdowns that year. That was his worst enemy right there. He had so much success early on. And he just hasn't gotten better uh, over the past two years. I mean, some of that could be the quarterback. Some of it could be the coordinator. He switched positions this year. And you would think that he would be a better slot guy because of his ability to block, his ability. He's a big guy, as you saw yesterday. I mean, it's pretty much of a monster, but he just hasn't gotten better. And I think there's early in his career, there was a maturity issue. There was no doubt about that. His rookie year and even last year, I'm sure you guys have seen them or remember the Minnesota game, the point to the first down as the clock's running out. I mean, he took a lot of crap here for that. But uh, you, when you're in that position, I think you got to take that chance because he can be very good. I mean, he got a lot of shortcomings, man. I mean, he sometimes he likes to block. Sometimes he's a good blocker. Um, he doesn't make a lot of combat catches, as Tomlin would say. Uh, he, he can stretch the field, but, you know, he always falls down instead of running through the ball. So you're looking at a 30-yard completion rather than a 60-yard completion. And uh, there's just some issues there that need to be worked out. So um, he has the talent, but he's just I just don't like guys that haven't gotten better since their rookie year. The numbers are very similar year one to year two. If you look at it, other than the touchdowns, right, just didn't get any better. And I think that was part of the issue. And I don't think moving forward they thought he was going to be any better. You remember him coming out of college? I mean, there was some talk of him being – a 
stand-up tight end type of guy in that slot. And uh, you would think he would have fit in that position a little bit more this year, but he did not. And it just didn't really work out for him. Like I said, he has the potential, but he has to be surrounded by the right people. I think you guys have the right offensive coordinator. I'm a big Luke Getze fan, so maybe you can turn him around and keep him on the straight and narrow, and he'll be able to produce. Yeah, that's why I, I'm i a little fixated on the quarterback and kind of offensive side of this because I, I, anybody who watched Ben Roethlisberger last, you know, towards the end of his career knows that he was falling off too. And the Steelers have, as you alluded to, some of the offensive coordinator stuff, just the offensive stuff in general. I mean, you could argue that it's it hasn't ascended either. Um, and I think there's a hope here, especially in the last few weeks, that uh, Justin Fields might be finally taking off and this offense here in Chicago might be taking off. And one of Fields' strengths is throwing the deep ball, and he really hasn't had anyone here who could actually catch those except for Darnell Mooney, but he's getting like triple cover on every play because there's no other wide receiver. So even if Chase Claypool is you know, not ascending, he's still clearly the Bears' second best wide receiver as he walks into the room yesterday. Does it, Mark, does that give you any hope that maybe he can at least return to what he was his first couple seasons, even if the touchdowns aren't necessarily there. I mean, it's, it's potential. I mean, he likes to go ball. He wants to go deep. But, the, you know, he, he dropped as many as he's caught over the past three years as well. So, I mean, if he wants to point blamer around, he should point a little bit at himself because he's had some opportunities to make big plays over the past year and a half and haven't been able to do that. Where I think Chase is – Chase – maybe, and I don't want this to come off badly, but it's going to, thinks he's better than he might be right now. I mean, uh, so I think him being second, third fiddle in Pittsburgh might not have been the best for his psyche. If he goes to Chicago and he's views himself as the number one, maybe that helps him out a little bit there. But like I said, the talent's off the board. I mean, he – he, you know what? He he probably told you guys he wasn't disgruntled, didn't want out of Pittsburgh, but he was chirping a lot over the past couple weeks of just you know I don't get the ball deep enough, our offense isn't good enough, and, and you heard a lot of people saying we're not on the same page, and a lot of that when you break it down on the offensive side of the ball, it's only one of two people these guys are talking about, and it would have been Deontay or Chase. So I'm thinking Chase might have been a little bit unhappy here. However, I was absolutely guaranteed that they did not move him because he was a trouble or, you know, a cancer in the locker room. I don't think I've, anybody viewed him as that. He might have been a tough guy to get along with. I'll tell you a story. Last year, last year, two years, last year, I believe, um, there was a big fight in practice and Minka Fitzpatrick absolutely pummeled him, was just pounding him on the ground, Chase Claypool. And what, thing, what came to mind there as I was watching that is no offensive player came to his aid. You know, I just sat there and watched. I'm thinking, oh, geez, am I reading too much into this or not? But, you know, that's just a little backstory right there. But like I keep saying, he has the talent. It's a matter of getting it out of him. And uh, I think he needed a fresh start. And, he went to college up the road, so probably a good 
it's probably a good fit for him right now. But I wouldn't expect him to come in and you know put up those rookie numbers. I mean, I think that was just uh, circumstances right there. Hey, hey uh, Mark, while we got you, how's the uh, Bears' all-time career passer rating leader, Mitch Trubisky? He's a heck of an interview, man. He does more interviews than anybody else. He's a little um, chippy, <laughs> which is surprising <laughs> because, I mean, even the other day he was talking about how the coaches have to call better plays and they have to hold people accountable. I'm thinking, my goodness, you got the captain backup quarterback chirping about the uh, – coaching staff right now but hey he's been nothing but a professional uh he was put in a bad situation he was a guy that was deemed a starter from day one and he lasted about what what we talking about two four twelve sixteen quarters before he got benched and if uh Deontay Johnson doesn't drop a ball in the end zone against the Jets he might still be the starter right now but um I don't know he, he's a nice guy and He's trying to help out as much as he can, but uh, there's some shortcomings there too, as you guys probably know. Mark, uh, last thing for you, the Bears play the Dolphins this week. You just saw the Dolphins a couple weeks ago. I, trying to figure out how good they actually are. What did you think about the Dolphins when you saw them? Man, they were spectacular the first two or three drives. Then after that, there were some adjustments, and they weren't able to move the ball much at all. They're just – I mean, you know, they're just fast. I mean, with – it. it Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, they just create so much issues for the Steelers secondary that the secondary wasn't, you know, is not very good as it is and putting that much pressure on them. However, you're looking at a two and six Steelers team that had the ball probably inside the 40 with a minute left and had a chance to win that game. So um, they're not unbeatable. They're a tough team, let me tell you that. Uh, especially offensively, man. And then now they've got, what, Chubb now, and they got – I don't know if Chubb will play this week. I, I assume he will. And, um, what, they added some uh, running back depth as well. I love that coach, man. Mike McDaniel, man, I, I always say this on Twitter. I'd like to have a, go have a beer with that guy. Yeah. Uh, maybe not a beer, maybe an iced tea or something. But that guy is an intriguing guy that's really getting a lot out of him. So it's, it's not a good game. I mean, it's not a good – it's not an easy game, as I said. And speaking of the Bears, like I keep saying, huge Luke Getze fan. I, I think you guys have got an absolute steal right there. And I'd be surprised if that guy's not a, a head coach here within a couple years. That's how sharp I think that guy is. So. Well, don't say that, Mark. People don't want to lose him already. Yeah, I mean, he's a sharp guy. I've known him since probably 20 years now. And because uh, he's from Pittsburgh and okay. right down the road, actually, and heck of a guy, heck of a smart guy, worked his butt off to get where he was. And if Aaron Rodgers likes you, probably saying a lot right there. So uh, uh, I think you guys got a really good coach in Getzy. Mark, thanks so much, man. We appreciate you jumping on with us today. All right, guys. Take it easy. Thanks, All Mark. Right. Mark Cavalli there, who covers the Steelers and had some interesting things to say about Chase Claypool there. If you're like me, you believe there needs to be more stylish, functional, business, casual men's wear that is both high quality and durable that can withstand your day. I'm talking about maybe hanging out in the press box, watching the game later with your friends, maybe getting a quick nine holes in. That's why men's closets were due for a radical reinvention and Roan stepped up to the challenge. 
Roan's commuter collection is the most comfortable, breathable, and truly versatile set of products known to man. They have products for every occasion. We're talking about the world's most comfortable pants, dress shirts, quarter zips, polos, and blazers. They look great as individual pieces, maybe with a Hogan John's polo or quarter zip, but they also work seamlessly together. Roan's signature four-way stretch fabric is breathable, flexible, and works everywhere from your commute to work to the 19th hole. It's time for unparalleled confidence without all the hassle. Roan's commuter collection features wrinkle-release technology and is 100% machine washable. Looking good is that easy. The commuter collection can get you through any workday and straight into whatever comes next. Head to roan.com slash adam and use promo code adam to save 20% off your entire order. That's 20% off your entire order when you head to rhone.com slash adam and use code adam. It's time to find your corner office comfort. Kev, part of that in there reminded me of the uh, the scene in draft day when, uh, when the security guy's like, nobody came to his birthday party. When Gee, Mark I've was, never, when Mark was telling you never see draft. Oh my God! No, stop! What you, we're stopping this podcast right now. You have to go watch Draft Day. We'll resume the pod right. when you're done with the movie. Don't tell Cap. Yeah, no, Isn't that, that would Cap's make favorite movie. I he he he's over the top. Cap over the top. Never. Uh, he he he's like all in on like yeah, it's like the greatest movie of all time. I actually like it. I, I'm a Draft Day supporter. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure I would like it. I just never. Uh, yeah, just haven't. Uh, I do usually watch it like draft week every year. Just like when all the preps in, you just like want to relax for a little bit. Um, anyway, there's a there's a scene in there. I'm sure our listeners know, but like where they're talking, they're you know how they like break down, they investigate every little tiny thing about every single player. So the guy, the quarterback who's supposed to go number one overall, and he went to Wisconsin. So already the story's fake and not real, as you know. Um, he. The, the security guy's telling this whole story and he's like, nobody came to his birthday party. Like, it's a huge red Ooh. flag. And uh, that's what I was thinking of as he was, Mark was telling the story of uh, Mika Fitzpatrick pummeling Chase Claypool in practice and none of the offensive guys coming to his defense. It's actually, it actually is kind of interesting. So, uh, I, I, I we're, we're going to jump into our Dolphins preview here, but Kev, my first reaction is just like, wide receivers Good wide receivers are always a little rough around the edges, right? Like, yeah, they want the yeah. ball. They want. I, I, I don't view it as a criticism that Chase Claypool wants the ball more. He wants more go balls, as he said to the media a couple weeks ago in Pittsburgh. Good. I want my wide receivers to want that. Um, yeah. By the yeah. way, I got a go. I have a go ball fun fact for you. Ooh. Okay. Um, this is in my all twenty-two. That's up today at the Athletic. Uh, Chase Claypool this season has run 86 go routes according to Pro Football Focus. The Bears leader in go routes is Darnell Mooney with 55. Wow. So Chase Claypool wanted more go balls and he was still running at a pretty high, much higher rate than, than the Bears. How many were actually getting thrown to him, though? Do you know that? That I don't know. Okay. Um, and that's probably part of his problem. But I think it had been like each year of his career, the go route has been the route that he's run the most of any on the tree. Yeah, that's what he does, is, right? Yeah. You know? I, I, did, and that's why I think it's... I was say, sorry, did you get like a little bit of an Alshon if you watched a, just some of his highlights? Like just mm-hmm. his highlights. 
I got a little bit of Alshon um, from watching him, kind of the way he works the sideline. Also a second-round pick, Alshon Jeffrey. I think Claypool's faster, though. Yes. Is yes. one difference. Um, but, yeah, I and I just I, I think it's – I think it's a good fit for what Justin Fields can do, what he wants to do more, and what the quarterbacks right now in Pittsburgh can't do, and what Ben Roethlisberger was struggling to do at the end of his career when he had to throw every inch of his massive body into every throw to get it to go more than 20 yards. Um, so I think I think this is a classic case of change of scenery and fit potentially the right timing for the quarterback too. I'm optimistic about it, despite everything Mark Cavalli just said. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those classic, that's why he was traded, right? He does not fit with the, what the Steelers want to do. He fits what the Bears are trying to do. Yeah. So, And I think know, it's important, and, before everyone jumps on Mark, what Mark had to say, Mark's been there. He knows the story. He knows that stuff. So I, I think it's, and as he, I think it's important to also note in what he said is like he didn't feel like the Steelers were trying to get rid of him because they couldn't handle him, and he was some kind of malcontent. I just, I just think his wide receiver wants the ball. Oh, like right before the tra- or a week before a trade deadline, Johns and I were soliciting trade uh, proposals from fans and readers, and there was a Claypool one. And I went to Mark's stories, and he wrote a story about how he didn't think they were going to move Claypool. So, um, yeah, I mean that's just like, and, and he was very upfront too that he believes Claypool's got all the talents in the world. Yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into this game. It's Bears and Dolphins. Sunday. It looks like it's going to be a nice day. It, I mean, the, this weather's been. Uh, it's, I'm not complaining about it. I'll take it. No. We didn't. It was it was winter in October and apparently it's fall in November. Uh, OK. I, I saw rain on Saturday. Yeah. Which is uh, interesting for some football games in the vicinity. Yes, uh, there's some game planning going on around the potential weather, which is particularly uh, problematic for kickers, as you might and, know, when there's possible 40-mile-an-hour yeah. gusts and rain in the forecast. Special so, teams coaches need to be meteorologists. This is Meteorologists. This, I'm, I'm, there was a moment yesterday when I was like, who do I need to start texting? Do I need to, do I need to call Paul Conrad? Do I, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, a Demetrius Ivory, some of my old guys over at WGN TV to, to uh, get the uh, inside scoop on what's going to actually happen Saturday. But uh, Sunday looks great. Sunday looks great. Which it, is also, Kev, if I can quickly do a plug, yeah, great yeah. tailgating weather. Yes, yes, plug away. We've got a big all CHGO tailgate, uh, CHGO Bears tailgate. On the corner of Roosevelt and Michigan, Sunday morning starts at eight o'clock. The tickets are at allchgo.com. They're forty-six dollars. It's a great deal. All you can eat. We got meat from Green Ridge Farms. That's going to be grilled up. All you can eat and drink from eight to noon. So come to the if you're going to the game and come down there, hang out, walk right over. There's a, we also have a parking option if you need a parking spot. And if you just want to hang out at some of the great places down in the South Loop, you can come tailgate and then go watch the game, you know, at a nice establishment nearby. So uh, plenty of options for you, whether you're taking public transportation or um, or uh, driving. And uh want to also shout out the fact that I think, I think John's is coming. You're welcome to come too, Kevin, if you want. So I was thinking about it, and I am a Chuggo subscriber. 
uh, <laughs> CHGO subscriber and supporter. Um, I don't know if I could face Herb Lawrence. Ooh. Because I love Herb. <laughs> and Herb's Illini are having, you know, the year of their lives, the best season since the Rose Bowl year. Yeah. And my Wildcats, not Herb's favorite team, not having a good year. And I just think it'd be tough for me to, you know, to it, it, it would just be, I'm happy for Herb. I'm happy for Illini. It's a great story. They've been really fun to watch. Well, but I, I, I Herb's a nice enough guy. I think you can he handle is, it. He is. He's not. He's not going to rub it in your face either. Oh, no, I know. We're also looking forward to seeing uh, Antonio Contreras, who um, took home the ticket and tailgate package that we auctioned off to benefit Twenty Two Q Family Foundation. Um, so he'll be there, and I know we have some others that just straight up donated, even though they didn't get the ticket. So thank you very much. I mean, it's awesome that we're already above a thousand dollars early on in Twenty Two Q Awareness Month. For more information, go to Twenty Two Q Family Foundation dot org, and we'll continue to tell you more about that over the course of the month. Anything you order from Obvious Shirts in the Hogan Johns collection, a portion of that will go to Twenty Two Q as well. All right. Short on time a little bit today, so we're going to jump right into this game. These are, uh, John's wrote up the three big questions still, even though he's not here. This is, Kevin does a good job. This is where you got to jump in and do your three big questions. Three big questions. Before we get to those, um, we do have to note the last time the Dolphins played a regular season game in Chicago was, I believe, the Brandon Marshall yelling at Robbie Gold incident from 2014. Yeah. I think you did. You have that as one of your like big losses when you guys were doing um, like worst Bears losses. I feel. I feel like you it was, might have it brought was that up. Maybe an honorable mention. It was a weird game because you know that. See, it wasn't like a bad game relative to what we saw from that team that season. Um, but it was but, a game. The Dolphins sucked. It was a game they were definitely supposed to win. Yeah, and it it just led to. Um, you know, the, 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 what happened in the locker room. I, I, I think that the Dolphins went to Soldier Field that preseason. And remember, they... You might no, right. no, no, it was the next year because I think it was McPhee was on the team. Was it McPhee? Or? Huh. Anyways, there was a year the Dolphins came to Soldier Field for a preseason game and marched downfield in like five plays, scored a touchdown. And we were like, oh, well, oh They might do that this week. Um, we'll start with our first question. If you're Luke Getze, how much do you play... Chase Claypool. I think we kind of just talked about the the go ball part, right? Like, isn't there a fact that with receivers, you could just say, hey, <laughs> go. Yeah. Literally, go. Yeah, sure. And, and and maybe Fields will throw you the ball. Maybe he won't. We could be doing a run play. We could be doing a, you know, I, I, I like to think that we always talk about college wide receivers being able to adjust better to the pro game than other positions because – you have that option with guys to just tell them, hey, we only need you to do these two things, three things. So I think you could get him, I don't know, 20 plus snaps. And, and, and certainly the, you could just as a decoy, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. And hopefully it just helps open up the offense. Maybe get Darnell Mooney going a little bit more. Um, I was in the same range. I was thinking like 15 to 20 snaps. It, it The answer is how much he can handle in a short week, right? So... Um, but I do think there's a level of look at this, compare this to 
Bradley Chubb getting acquired by the Dolphins and how much he's going to play in this game. Well, yeah. that's closer to what... I'm not saying he's going to do what Khalil Mack did against the Packers in that first game right after getting traded to Chicago because that was an insane performance. But it's kind of the same concept of just go get the quarterback, right? You can say, go run a go route. Of, it's equivalent to running a go route every single snap. It, exactly. So it's easier for the defensive end to do that than a wide receiver who has to know a complex route tree in, within the offense. But, you know... If they're not going to play Claypool in the slot, I do think this is an easier task for him to just go out there and say, hey, you know, run a seven, <laughs> run a go, you know, run a post. Just, you know, do do these simple things. You almost can even give him his own little checks within the plays so he doesn't have to know what the actual plays are. Just, you know, tag, tag something at the end of the play so that Chase Claypool knows what he's running. And then hopefully it gets... Um, hopefully either get he gets open or somebody else gets open. All right, question number two. How concerned are you about another defensive letdown? Um, I guess it's, to me, it's how worried are you about... It's Raheem Mostert, right? Yeah. And didn't they just get Jeff Wilson? Did they they just did. Have they like traded for the, Jeff Wilson Jr. They just have like the entire 49ers backfield. Yeah, well, it's Mike McDaniel, you know. Yeah, yeah, it makes sense. And, and like, I mean, Moster might have a good game. Former Bear, correct? For like a spell, he, for a couple of days, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, long time Bear. So I looked this up. The Bears are actually sixth in the NFL in terms of fewest twenty-plus pass plays allowed. Yeah, and if you think about what's the strength in defense, it's the secondary. Um, what I so I yeah so I worry about the run game. But I don't think it's as good as what they saw last week in Dallas. Yeah, the Dolphins aren't good at it. Mike McDaniel wants to run the ball, but they, they haven't been able to, really. Yeah, but here's what I worry about is, is the dam going to break? In, like, the third quarter, if the offense is just teetering and maybe Dolphins have, like, a, you know, 7 to 10 point lead, is there just, like, that one play where, you know, Jaquan Brisker's eyes get stuck somewhere and, you know, and Tyreek Hill's gone or, you know, Jalen Waddle just beats Kindle. Like, I just I just feel like you're going to get that kind of uh, like late touchdown that's like a big score that just breaks the game open. So I, I think the Bears are equipped because they have a good secondary. But here's the problem with that. As I'm saying it, they don't have a pass rush. They don't have a pass rush and they don't have uh, they have a really good corner in Jalen Johnson. I still get a little nervous about Kindleville door. Yes. And, you and he know, didn't do anything to help that last week. So is Jalen going to, is, is, is Jalen going to go with Waddle the whole game? And then you're, and then you're hoping Kyler Gordon can cover Tyreek Hill with some help over the top. Like, you know, it, it's, it's still a tough matchup, even though this, I, I do, I do think, the Dolphins' strength matches up with the Bears' strength defensively, and the Dolphins' weakness matches up with the Bears' weakness, stopping the run defensively. So there is like maybe some optimism there. But I think you said it well in terms of like when does the dam break? Does it break? I'm also, if there's an emotional component to not having Roquan Smith out there, um, Eddie Jackson, to me, would be one of those guys, right, that would maybe be uh, affected by that. Regardless, one of the things that worries me, Kev, is the RPO game. Two is really good at it. 
Two is really good at it. The Bears have had bad eyes this whole season. I, I just think eventually the yards are going to start to pile up a little bit. So, yeah, I am concerned about another defensive letdown game. All right, number three. Uh, has Tua become a good example of maintaining patience with a quarterback throughout an organization? Also, is he proof that Getze and McDaniel are from the right system? Hmm. Look, look at John's writing some good yeah. questions. Um, it's interesting because I do think that, and I was going to write this for to lead into my mailbag, which will be up tomorrow at The Athletic, Friday. Um, are the are the two twenty twenty two Dolphins like the ceiling for the twenty twenty three Bears? Mm, interesting. Tua, think about it, Tua's third year quarterback, who was unproven heading into this season. Like there was, you you were not sitting there being like, "This is their guy." They go out and they say, "We don't know if he's our guy, but we're gonna surround him with talent." You get Tyreek Hill. They get went out and got the tackle right. Um. Who am I? Who? Am, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, good left tackle. Yeah, uh, it's like Look right on the tip. Oh my god, NFL guys, we know it, our sports. No, the, the, everybody wanted the Bears to get uh, from the Saints. Uh, yeah, that guy, Teron Armstead. There it okay. is. Damn it! I, I was like, I wanted to call him Trent Armstrong. I turned into Colin Coward for a second. Oh no! Yikes! Um, and then you go out and get Bradley Chubb at the deadline because you know you really got and, and Jeff Wilson. So like if. Like, because we know the Bears are going to be like the 20 next year's Bears are going to be like the 2022 Dolphins, where they're going to have the cap space and the draft picks to be aggressive. Um, and they're going to have a third year quarterback who I don't think just I mean, Justin Fields might have the greatest final nine games ever, but I still think we're going to go into next year with a couple question marks. So that's why I, I'm, I'm rambling a bit that like, you know, I, I do think the Bears could look at what the Dolphins are and say, hey. You know, that could be us next year with the right moves um, and a quarterback who really excels with better pieces around him. Yeah. Tua's good, man. He he doesn't quite have the same raw talent that Justin Fields does, but he's he's always been good at making reads, understanding what defenses are doing. I'm telling you, the RPO game really stands out, especially when you see the weapons that they have. I, I think he's also a good example of getting better when he has better players around him, right? So uh, that is something the Bears should consider as they did add Chase Claypool. But uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, good players. All right, over-unders for this game, courtesy of Adam Johns. We'll do these quickly. Catches for Chase Claypool in his debut. He sets it at four and a half. Oh, under. What's, what is Johns doing? I don't know. I'm taking the under on that one too. Watch it fly over somehow. <laughs> Um, now, if you were to say over under on Darnell Mooney would chase Claypool on the field, I might take the over on four and a half. Yeah. Tackles for Roquan Smith in his Ravens debut. Whoa. Whoa. That was a curveball. Eight yeah. and a half tackles for Roquan Smith. Um, ooh, I'll go I'll go under. I think so, too. How much is he? That's tough for him to step uh, so, by the so way, how, Justin, like, how much is he really going to be able to play if he's right yeah. there in the middle of the defense? I guess they're just coverages. And uh, Justin yeah. Jones yesterday kind of let slip that he he was like, Baltimore runs a 3-4, right? We're like, yeah. He goes, you're going to see the best Roquan. Yeah. <laughs> and then some. I think it was Mark Grody followed up. He's like, so you, you think that uh, uh, 
you, you think Roquan's better suited in a 3-4? And Jones, you can see the wheels turning, like what he kind of said. He's like, well, no. And, yeah. It's okay to say yes. Yeah. I think he might have. I had to leave the scrub, yeah. so. It's okay. Yeah, but it, no, I mean, I, I, I think, look, we, I think we all saw that Roquan was a, a good player in this defense, but he was probably better in 3-4, which is why Baltimore traded for him. All right, last over-under. Again, uh, this was written by Adam Johns, not me. How many times does Adam Hogue profess his love for Mike McDaniel in all of his podcast shows? Any compliment counts. He sets it at five and a half. I will say this. I believe that this podcast is the first time I've even said the name Mike McDaniel this week. Now, a lot of that has to do with the fact that there was a trade deadline and trades, and we haven't really been talking about the Dolphins too much until today. But I'm just saying... Uh, yeah, well, I mean, I think this is a tough one because you can manipulate it. Yeah, it does kind of give me control. Yeah, so, um, but, you know, there could be, I mean, if the Dolphins score 40 points, you could be sitting there being like, Mike McDaniel did this, Mike McDaniel did that. And I am doing three shows on Sunday. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be like uh, uh, over and under about the tailgate. Oh. Yeah, he should have done that. Maybe. Uh, I'm going to take the over. Okay. Bold predictions. I'm going to go with Chase Claypool scores a touchdown. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Okay. Um, Take that and think about that for a little bit. Yeah, I will take that, Matt Nagy. Who, by the way, the, the just the Chiefs just signed Daz Newsom to the practice squad. Shout out Herb Howard. Yeah, it's Herb's guy. Um, my bold prediction is Al Qadir Muhammad's going to get a sack. Oh my God, that is bold. Does he have? I don't think he has one this year. No, he has one. He's one sack. Uh, probably not. Yeah, yeah. he'll get. He's going to get a sack. All right. Prediction time. Adam Johns is going Dolphins 31, Bears 27. I've been struggling with this because I don't necessarily think the Dolphins are are that great. They beat up on the Steelers and Lions the last couple weeks. Um, I think the Bears offense is going to keep moving in the right direction in this game. It's just, it's really hard to trust the defense right now. Losing Roquan Smith, the weapons that the Dolphins have, two is playing well in the RPO game, which does, it's just not good for like keeping your eyes in the right place. So I think Johns' prediction is pretty spot on here. I think the Bears score points. Um, But I'm going to do it. I think they just, I think this is a, I think this is a Justin Fields like coming out party. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. The Bears also have a big edge in special teams if you look at DVOA. They do. And the Ohio State Buckeyes are in town this weekend, so that could give Justin Fields some good vibes. Last time they were in town, I saw Justin Fields do a lot of special things at Ryan Field. Yeah. Um, Now, if Ohio State loses on Saturday as a 38.5 point favorite, uh, maybe that messes with Justin Fields' vibes. Okay. All right. I'm going to say Bears 33, Dolphins 31. 
So I said this uh, to somebody yesterday. Might have been John's. This is the most relevant the Bears have been in the entire calendar year of 2022 in the NFL. If they and and I think the most relevant they will be in the large grand scheme of the NFL. Like nobody outside Chicago, I, I just think the Bears are one of the more irrelevant teams in football. Doesn't mean one of the bad, like worst teams. I just think that they're just not. There's I don't think there's a whole lot of interest. I said this right? on the show yesterday. I think they're fun now. I think they're I agree. fun, and I think people are figuring that out. So it, the reason I bring that up is if they win, that uh, relevance can. Um, Continue. I think the dam breaks, as I mentioned earlier. I think the Bears keep it close, but we got a front door uh, touchdown late from Miami. Let's think of a funky score to honor our good friend Jeff Dickerson. I'll go Miami 32, Bears 22. Oh, a 10-point win. Okay, the Bears don't even cover. Do not cover. Front door cover for the Dolphins. I will say this. like I'm not going to sit here and be confident about the Bears covering in this game even though I just picked him to win. It's not one of those. It wasn't like two weeks ago against the uh, Patriots where I was like, yeah, they're covering. Yeah. So, all right. Well, I'll let you go, Kevin, because I know you have to, and then I'm going to finish up solo here as we go through some of the other games that we normally do. John's did not leave me his picks for these games that he put down, but that's okay. Um, Thanks for having me, and uh, go Carmel. Thank you. Appreciate it. Kevin Fishbane, follow him on Twitter at KFishbane. Read him on The Athletic, theathletic.com slash Hogan Johns is where you go to subscribe. All right, I'm going to fly through these uh, five other games on the slate this week. Fox, Noon, Packers, at Lions. The Lions are a three and a half point home underdog for everything going wrong for the Packers. Um, the Lions just really aren't a good football team. This is a tough one. I think I'm going to take the Lions with the three and a half, but if I had to to pick the actual winner, I do think the Packers win the game until proven otherwise. I still think Aaron Rodgers takes care of business in the NFC North against teams that are not the Vikings. Um, but, man, it's kind of gotten a mess there in Green Bay. And uh, the Lions are sort of desperate here. They're They're going to have to... Pull something out here sooner or later. So with three and a half, I'm going to take the Lions. And that's the facts. That's that's 100% truth. All right. CBS noon. Bills at Jets. How about this line? Jets having a good season. Vegas doesn't care. Bills on the road. Bills are 12 and a half point favorite in this one. This is kind of a stay away game for me. Um the Jets had a huge game last week at home against the Patriots and couldn't win in a game they probably should have. 12 and a half points is a lot. The Bills were big favorites against the, the Packers um, on Sunday night, and uh, Packers kind of backdoor covered that one. I, I think I'm going to do the same thing here. I think the Jets cover, but Bills definitely keep on rolling. Adam Johns, go ahead. Johns is not here. Fox, noon, Vikings at Commanders. Look, I've been big on the Vikings this season. I picked them to win the NFC North. Commanders are three-and-a-half-point home underdog. I think it's just one of those games where Washington's kind of a scary home underdog in this game. I wouldn't even be surprised if they win outright. So 
I am going to go with uh, with with Washington at home. As much as I like the Vikings, I like what the Vikings have done. It wouldn't surprise me if the Vikings still pull out the win, but I am going to go with Washington. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless. <laughs> Thanks, Burnell. CBS 325. Rams at Bucks. There's only two games in the afternoon, late afternoon window. I think I think the NFL thought this Rams Bucks game was going to be just a massive game before the season began. Super Bowl uh, champions going up against Tom Brady. Both teams three and five. Both teams aren't very good. CBS asked for this game, got a almost an exclusive window because there's only two games, and then it turns out that I think what's the other game? I think it's Cardinals Seahawks, and that's probably the better of these two games. Um, Bucks three point favorites at home. Guys, the Rams are really struggling right now. Stafford's not the same guy he was last year. They can't run the ball. Uh, Cam Akers may or may not play after he, you know, he's not happy. I'm going to go with the Bucks at home, desperate for a win. So I will take the Bucks with the three points. We won this game tonight. Adam Hall will be rhetorically dancing in the, with his verbiage. Two outs. Here's Luke Boyd pinch batting. All right, Sunday night, NBC, 720. Titans at Chiefs. This line is just, it's sort of crazy to me. The Chiefs are 12.5-point home favorites against the Titans, who, I mean, they keep winning. Right, they're doing they're doing something right. Um, aren't they seven and one or something? They're, oh, they're five and two. Okay, a little care, but they've won five straight games. That's what it is, and they're probably going to run away with the AFC South. Look, obviously the Chiefs are a better football team, but twelve and a half seems a little much to me. I'm going to take the Titans to cover, um, even if the Chiefs end up winning by like ten points. So I will take the Titans. All right, we're out of here. Appreciate everybody listening, watching on YouTube. On YouTube, please hit subscribe. Please hit that like button. Uh, also hit the notification button so you know when we go live after the games or if we have any surprise emergency episodes like we had yet uh, yesterday, two days ago. I can't even keep track of my days. It's been a long week. Uh, really, thank you to everybody for all the support all week long with the trade deadline. Downloads are crazy. People are watching. People are engaged. Appreciate all the support. Um, and I, I know Adam Johns feels the same exact way. If you're listening to the podcast way, please rate and review the pod. As I like to say, go tell a friend. Go tell one of your Bears fan friends. Say, hey, if you're not li- listening to Hogan Johns, you're doing it wrong. Send them a link. Hopefully, they'll jump on board with us, and we appreciate that. Um, Obviousshirts.com is where you get the merch. We're out of here. We'll be back Sunday after the game. Maybe it'll be a Bears win. Either way, I think it'll be a fun, entertaining football game. So, talk to you post-game. See ya.